gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. You know, before we get started with episodes of the Paracast, Randall and I have a conversation sometimes with our guests about something having nothing whatever to do with the paranormal. Sometimes it's about pop culture. This time it was about George Burns and Gracie Allen. And unless you're of a certain age, you will not know who they were. Or maybe you will. Because they were both former vaudevillians. They became famous on radio and on TV. But George Burns became famous in the movies for playing God. I'm serious. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, God. With John Denver, right? That's right. John Denver was a foil and God was. And they they also had a movie called Oh, God, You Devil, where George Burns plays both. And how we got onto this, uh, I think I've already forgotten. It was before the show (laughs) when we were saying Preston Dennett, who is here joining us today, was uh, we were saying just how much he's one of our favorite people. Then you got into this George Burns quote where you were suggesting I wasn't actually being entirely forthright about that. So, Preston, welcome to the show. (laughs) Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, and uh, I'm really glad Gene cleared that up. We're really in the midst of quite a crisis going on here with all the government and everything else. So maybe a little laughter is good for us. Um, I just I just pulled up a George Burns quote. Okay, here we go. Too bad all the people who know how to run the country are busy driving cabs and cutting hair. <laughs> I don't know how funny that is, but I mean, <laughs> you know, I think there's something to be said for being in touch with the common person. And that sometimes all these people up there in those ivory towers, they're they're out of touch. Now, the other thing I was really going to talk about in terms of trivia is a famous group or informal group of session musicians from the late 50s through the late 60s called The Wrecking Crew. All right. You never heard of The Wrecking Crew, right? But you sure know the songs they worked on. Like a woman named Carol Kay, who did bass and guitar, and you recognize her for Good Vibrations and Gone Only Knows by the Beach Boys. These Boots Are Made for Walking, Nancy Sinatra, she created the bass line. Mission Impossible theme, Hawaii Five-O theme. Sonny and Cher, Roger McGuinn, of course, from The Birds. They played on... Mr. Tambourine Man, The Carpenters, Bobby V. Jan and Dean, Simon and Garfunkel, Glenn Campbell was one of them, all right? You get the point. How much do they do that anymore, though? It seems like we've always got these sort of upfront personas out there. Like, how much stuff do they actually write that's their own? Well, the thing is here, you nowadays... I think more and more musicians do it all themselves. And that goes back to the days of the Beatles and the days of the Rolling Stones where, yeah, sometimes session people were came in there to play instruments they couldn't play. So early on, George Martin would do piano for the Beatles until John and Paul became reasonably proficient and did it themselves. Or they brought in a horn player for Penny Lane. Or, of course, George Harrison brought in Eric Clapton for While My Guitar Gently Weeps. And while they were all fighting, when Eric Clapton showed up, 
they behave themselves. Billy Preston, of course, was the only person ever to be listed by name on a Beatles recording for Get Back. So, yeah, they did. But earlier on, a lot of the people you know would hire session musicians because they can get in and out quickly. They were professionals. They come in there and they do a couple of takes and leave. They could do a dozen recordings a day. Whereas a band may be great at performing in public on stage, but doing it in the recording studio was not as efficient. So another example, of course, is the Monkees, obviously. The Monkees had musicians doing their stuff, not that they didn't know how to play. You know, for example, Peter Tork and Mike Nesmith were great guitarists, but they didn't really play in the early days, except for Pleasant Valley Sunday. Mike Nesmith was the only person who could figure out that guitar lick. So that's kind of like the early rock and roll. You want to get in there in the studio. Studio time was expensive. You had these session musicians, mostly L.A.-based, who would do that. There was also a band who worked out at the Muscle Shoals Sound Studios in Muscle Shoals, Alabama, with Rick Hall. Why are we talking about this? I think because at times like this, we can use a little trivia. But we're going to talk here about a book one of many that our friend Preston Dennett has written, it's called Onboard UFO Encounters, True Accounts of Contact with Extraterrestrials. And Preston, in putting this together, you got cases that we haven't really heard about before, correct? That's right. None of these have been published before. Uh, they're all my own personal investigations over a number of years. Uh, 15 chapters, each one involving a person who's been taken on board a UFO. Uh, 10 men, 5 women. Yeah, these are all brand new cases. I think a lot of UFO books out there kind of just rehash old stuff. So I really want to get new information out there. How did you come to assemble these cases? Obviously, you're known as a UFO, a paranormal investigator, but how did you come across these? Uh, I've got a pretty wide network. One came from a friend of my sister's who worked at the Renaissance Fair. I met him while I worked there one year. Uh, others come from people who hear me on you know, radio shows like this. A number of people contact me after reading my books or uh, at conventions. I've had people approach me. So all these different ways, you know, personal connections, family connections, through my website. There's a lot of people out there, I'm telling you. I mean, this is just 15 cases. I think this is probably a very widespread phenomena, people being taken on board. I think the larger question, and this takes us back, before we get to the cases, two discussions we had with people like uh, Jerome Clark, who separates the UFO sighting from the experience, saying they're real, but maybe not necessarily related to UFOs, even though they had something happen to them that is for them real, only maybe we don't understand the cause fully. But based on what you're telling me, and we'll get into some of the case histories in a moment, Preston. You feel that these people who say they were examined by ETs, all this stuff, that they are describing what happened to them, not something that happened that they interpret this way. Uh, absolutely. They all have their own interpretations. I'd say the vast majority of people in this book certainly feel like they are dealing with extraterrestrials in the classic sense, biological beings like us. 
uh, but not all of them. Uh, there's one person who feels like probably they'd be better explained as angels. Another who feels that could very well be demonic. Another who's not convinced he's dealing with extraterrestrials. He's had a wide variety of paranormal phenomena. He feels like it puts on different masks. I think uh, Jerome Clark sort of came to that sort of conclusion as Jacques Belay and a number of other leading researchers. Uh, so, yeah, it's not entirely clear that all of these are extraterrestrials as we would think of them. I still think that that's the explanation that best fits the evidence. And, uh, I mean, these things are leaving landing traces. There's a case in the book, a couple of them, where people are not where they're supposed to be. They're physically missing. They come back with physical scars, bleeding. So this is clearly a physical phenomena. I don't think it's psychological. I think there are psychological and paranormal aspects, but I think it's a mistake to start lumping near-death experiences and into the same explanation as uh, UFO abductions. Or I don't think we should lump all this phenomena together. Clearly, there's very strong relationships between them that we don't understand. You know what? Uh, we're going to understand these announcements to get back with Preston Dennett. With Gene and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Attention all radio listeners who still need food supplies. If you've thought about the implication of food-related supply chain disruptions and are concerned about the coming quarantines, this will be the most important message you will ever hear. Here's why. In the next few days, all Americans will face extremely hard choices. If we've learned anything from China and Italy, it's that quarantines and enforced lockdowns are just a few days away here in the U.S., Listen, while dehydrated food is becoming scarce, you can still get enough open pollinated heirloom seeds to grow a one-acre crisis garden. The truth is, growing nutrient-dense vegetables in the days ahead may actually be the single most important thing you do. Go to survivalseedbank.com and watch the new video to understand the nature of the threat. This could be life-saving. Lockdowns can last from six to eight weeks. Get free bonus seeds, special quarantine reports too. Go to survivalseedbank.com. That's survivalseedbank.com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. 
Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right. We cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Joining us again, our old friend Preston Dennett, and I had a magazine called Caveat Tour many years ago. He wrote a couple of pieces for it, and he's been very active in paranormal research for year after year, written many books on the subject, his latest being Onboard UFO Encounters. Now, obviously, you get around, Preston. How did you come across these particular cases, and how did you vet them to see that whatever happened to these people, they are speaking honestly about what they think happened? Right. Um, Yeah, from a wide variety of sources, it's always... You want to be careful when you're vetting a story. Initially, I do a initial interview, not recorded, just sort of testing the waters. Most people are contacting me. So I, you know, patiently listen to their story, help them if I can. So that's always my first priority. It's not like, this is, you know, a great story. It's, you know, how can I help the witness? I, I get a lot more cases that I don't actually, you know, write about. If it progresses to a level of a full investigation, I will, you know, of course, do a series of interviews, uh, try to get, what do you call it, supporting witnesses, of course, uh, referrals. You know, it's always great to talk to some spouse or brother or whoever else was there during an encounter. But I have to tell you, you can tell pretty quickly right off the bat whether a person is sincere. Uh, they're often very nervous about Revealing their encounters, they say stuff like, you know, I don't have any history of mental illness. I don't do drugs. You know, I've got a good job. I'm well educated. This sort of thing. It's not at all unusual for witnesses to become very emotional as they describe their accounts to the point where, you know, they're openly weeping. So it becomes pretty clear that 
these people are telling the truth from that standpoint. A number of them have been able to send me, you know, perhaps doctor's reports or photographs that support what they're saying uh, to some extent. To a large extent, we are, you know, dealing with eyewitness testimonies only. Uh, there's not a whole lot of physical evidence. It's one of the frustrating things about researching this phenomena. In contrast with our last guest, Sarah Scholes, who was also an absolutely delightful guest and author of They Are Already Here, UFO Culture and Why We See Saucers, what you're just describing is why I suggested to her that perhaps she needs to get out and talk in person to firsthand witnesses instead of just sort of taking a look at it from outside the ketchup bottle, uh, coming into to, uh, conferences, writing about experiences from a sort of friendly, skeptical perspective. And we need that. Uh, as I said to Sarah, we absolutely need that. But when you do the kind of talking to people that you just described, you get an entirely different feeling. It doesn't just become about armchair skepticism anymore. It's up close and personal. How do you how do you cope with that uh, yourself? You know, how do you manage to retain any sort of sense of objectivity while you're in that situation? Yeah, I mean, sometimes I do have to step back. That's to be a lot dealing with this. I've been researching UFOs for most of my life. I, I, looking back, it's been like 35 years. So, you know, it's become sort of normal for me to a certain extent. I've had how, my own sightings. You know, yeah, how, <laughs> how many people do you estimate you have had conversations with about their firsthand experiences, say, since you first took an interest in all this? Can you just, you know, just even a round figure like hundreds or as far as conversations, well over a thousand, um, I would say, as far as you know, more formal interviews, several hundred at least. Uh, so, yeah, I mean. Yeah. I mean, after a while, a person, and this is what I've found as well, I haven't done as serious as interviews as you have, but I've been talking with people all my life about it. When they open up to you, after so many hundred times, you just start to, or at least I do, you just get to the point where it you can't help but think that at least some of them are being perfectly honest and sincere and that there really is something strange going on. Right. I mean, there was one time I was interviewing this lady, I'll call her Wendy, crazy encounters. I mean, full on. She had sightings. People around her were having sightings, her friends, her family. She moved into the Acton area. There was a wave of sightings. She says, that always happened. And uh, she's telling these amazing stories about you know, being abducted by greys her whole life, hybrid babies. Uh, she said she woke up, there were greys around her bed. She jumped up, kicked one in the neck, and it fell down, apparently dead. She felt really bad as the greys you know, pulled away and left. Uh, she had another experience where she was being pulled up into a UFO and woke up halfway up there, dangling you know, hundreds of feet up in the sky came very angry and frightened and demanded that the greys put her back, uh, which they did. She said that they were very surprised that she woke up and they instantly put her back. So I'm transcribing this interview. I'm sitting up in my third story condo in Canoga Park. This is you know, some years ago. And I'm thinking, you know, I don't know. I know this lady believes she's telling the truth. I'm 
I believe it, but this is kind of crazy. And I got this really strong impulse to run up under the roof of my condo, which I did. You know, it's a very strong impulse. I've never had that before. Grabbed my glasses. I'm slightly nearsighted. And darned if I didn't get up there within 10 seconds, the most, I'm guessing, this giant yellow light appears, maybe 100 feet away, 50 feet, 100 feet up. I mean, real close, like across the street. And it sent me a blast of like a telepathic message, honest to God, was like, it's us. You know, you didn't believe it. Look at this. Watch this. Oh, man. Yeah, it starts darting around and disappears and leaving me, you know, of course, speechless. And I called her up. I'm like, you wouldn't believe what happened. She's like, oh, my God. You know, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. And I'm like, well, let's, let's do it again. You know, can you call him again? And she did. And I had my best sighting ever. Right. I think we talked about some of that last time you were on as well, as well as, well, why did you forget to take your camera or video recorder or, you know, there's still this pervasive lack of of verifiable evidence for all of this. And it, it, it just astounds me that there is so many people having these experiences and yet there's really nothing but their stories to verify it. I mean, there's, okay, there's some trace stuff, okay, but nothing. Well, there's a guy proves, there's a guy in this book. Extraterrestrial. <laughs> there's a case in this book. It doesn't prove it's extraterrestrial by any means. Uh, but the guy's Joe Gardner, really interesting guy from West Virginia, Huntington, West Virginia. He's had encounters his whole life and was has been able to photograph them. It's funny he's, you know, carrying around camera because they're appearing all the time. Usually they, you know, it, Slips away. He looks away. He grabs his camera and the thing darts off. One time he had this thing hovering outside his window, called his girlfriend. She saw it. He called his friend across the street. He saw it. And his friend had a camera. They had just photographed a saucer and got a good picture of it. He points the camera at the UFO and it fails. We're going to fail in a moment, Preston. If we don't do this, more to come with Preston Dennett and Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attention all radio listeners who still need food supplies. If you've thought about the implication of food-related supply chain disruptions and are concerned about the coming quarantines, this will be the most important message you will ever hear. Here's why. In the next few days, all Americans will face extremely hard choices. If we've learned anything from China and Italy, it's that quarantines and enforced lockdowns are just a few days away here in the U.S., Listen, while dehydrated food is becoming scarce, you can still get enough open pollinated heirloom seeds to grow a one-acre crisis garden. The truth is, growing nutrient-dense vegetables in the days ahead may actually be the single most important thing you do. Go to survivalseedbank.com and watch the new video to understand the nature of the threat. This could be life-saving. Lockdowns can last from six to eight weeks. Get free bonus seeds, special quarantine reports too. Go to survivalseedbank.com. That's survivalseedbank.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. President Trump says he's considering an enforceable quarantine to keep people safe in the area's hardest hit by the coronavirus. I am now considering and will make a decision 
very quickly, very shortly, a quarantine because it's such a hot area of New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. We'll be announcing that one way or the other fairly soon. He says he's spoken with New York Governor Andrew Cuomo about the quarantine, but the governor says that actually hasn't happened yet. The president says other states are also at risk. There's a possibility that we'll do a quarantine short-term two weeks on New York, probably New Jersey, certain parts of Connecticut. Restrict travel because they're having problems down in Florida. A lot of New Yorkers going down. We don't want that. This is USA Radio News. Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right. Call because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 800-871-3291. 800-871-3291. Again, that's 800-871-3291. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Preston Dennett, isn't that almost the always the way it goes trying to get a good photo of a UFO? Something fails or you just get a big blur? Yeah, this guy did it four or five times. Actually, every single time he pointed his phone at the object, it went down to zero. The camera would not function. Turned it away, and it goes right back to normal. That that is so bizarre. I mean, there's something up with that because have you ever read that little um, warning that they have, you know, on on electronic devices where, I mean, I'm just kind of paraphrasing here, but, you know, it says this device conforms to be a class B computing device and must accept radio frequency transmissions from outside, right? It's, It's almost as if these things have to be built in order for whatever it is out there to be able to cut them off. But that kind of implies that there's this giant conspiracy on the part of, 
you know, high tech manufacturers to, to be able to hack into our devices, right? I, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, if computers and so on actually came from ETs, what what perfect way to sort of spy on us? They could be doing reading all our computers, all our emails. Yeah, I mean, or even maybe they just know the hack, right? Like maybe it's it's not that it necessarily came from them, but they know that it's there and are able to exploit it somehow. You know? Yeah, I I wrote an article. It's in one of my books, the Not From Here series, where people get phone calls from UFOs, uh, which sounds crazy, but it fits right right in with what they can do. You know, people hear the radio static up the tvs all kinds of electromagnetic instruments are affected why not phones that is so bizarre well i've had some pretty strange calls on my landline in the last couple of months but is it okay if i if i uh quote a couple of passages from your book yeah sure of course my questions okay yeah because i really like some of these this is some one of the things that kind of struck me and uh, it fits right in with what you were saying about the uh, one experiencer who'd got into a, a fight. Now, this one in your book, you, you call him Tim, and he recounts, he says, I had what I thought was a dream where the aliens had taken me up into the spaceship and they had restrained me on a table and they left the room. I got loose somehow. They hadn't restrained me fully. And I got up and I started walking around. And when they noticed I was walking around, well, one of them came at me and I punched him in the head. His head was soft, like a beanbag. When I punched him in the head, he went down. I think I killed it. Suddenly, I was fighting several of them. I was fighting them, and I was beating them, physically hitting them. I remember one of them jumping toward me, and he had like three or four fingers on each hand. I remember him jumping toward me, and then I remember seeing like seven or eight other ones right behind him, all coming at me at the same time. I remember seeing his eyes, big black eyes, right in front of my face. And I remember going backwards. And that's the last thing I remember. And then when he woke up, he he sort of thought it was a dream, but he had these like bruises and cuts on him and stuff. Right. Yeah, that was one of his scarier experiences, the one that kind of really convinced him that these were physical experiences. Because he'd been having a number of these kind of UFO dreams. He knew they were real. I mean, there was an experience when he was like 13 (laughs) years old. It's crazy. He's been having them his whole life. Um, He had a sighting when he was like five. uh, Had a missing time experience once. He just wakes up outside his house. It's pouring rain. Turns out he's in the field where they keep the cows behind a locked gate. There's no footprints leading to him. It's a very wet, muddy day. And so he has to break back into his house (laughs) to get inside. So a lot of stuff like that. One time he's like 13, 14 years old. It's 7 a.m. He's getting ready to do the hay baling like they do every morning. Uh, His little brother is standing or sitting next to him on the wagon. And Tim realizes his brother forgot his gloves. Tim says, go get your gloves. You'll need them to do, do the hay. His little brother runs inside. Suddenly, Tim's father runs out and says, where the heck have you been? And Tim says, I've been right here. What do you mean? And his father says, no, you haven't. We've been looking for you for an hour. He was physically gone. And at that point, Tim realized he had this huge pain in his leg. They discover he's got two scoop marks or like puncture wounds or something. But the flesh was actually missing. This is when he started having real memories of being on board a UFO. Well, did they take him to a doctor? 
Uh, I mean, I obviously you would want to. I mean, you wouldn't want to be, leave your you know child standing there with these big scoops of flesh missing. Uh, they thought perhaps a snake bit him is what they thought. But as they looked at it, no, they cleaned out the wound, bandaged it up. It didn't require a hospitalization. They didn't think, you know, they're a farm family. They're right. So, so they're pretty industrious anyway. Little injuries like that are not the uncommon. They went out and checked the wagon, of course, for nails and stuff, uh, wires. There was nothing there. Uh, but this is the sort of thing that was happening to him. And at this time, he started having memories of being on board UFOs. You know, he's in the control room and they're darting around and they're moving all over the place and just going crazy. And later he would have sightings where he'd see them up in the sky darting around and he'd be like, shoot, that's exactly what it was like when I was inside it, <laughs> where they were darting around like that. He had one experience where he was had a one full day of missing time. They couldn't find him for a full day. That is pretty strange all right and, and things do happen with children i mean at this point we should probably also not forget that you've also wrote the the uh, schoolyard ufo encounters book as well and i think that's what we talked about last time you were on uh really really interesting stuff so things strange things do happen to children i, I know an experience that i had when i was really young how about you did you have any experiences when you were young yourself me not that i can really point to no, you know, I've searched. I've searched my hands. <laughs> I feel like there's something there. I do. Well, that's almost encouraging because with so much that you've heard from other people, you know, it's at least you don't have the I want to believe so much syndrome that, yeah, you know, you're making up and, you know, fabricating stories because you want to believe that something has happened, right? Yeah. That, that's I know actually it's in my family. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, I don't have any memories of being abducted. I could have had missing time. Once I saw a ball of light, didn't tell anybody. Don't remember driving home. Oh, well, uh, okay. Didn't remember for a couple, well, not, it's not that I didn't remember. I just, yeah, I guess I didn't really remember it for a year or so. Just didn't think about it. Just pushed out of your mind like these things are. Certainly, I've heard witnesses tell me that same thing. So when it happened to me, I'm like, oh, okay, that's what this is like. <laughs> happens all the time <laughs> you know i just honey i'm just going to the store to pick up a loaf of bread and three days later <laughs> return with a puncture wound and stale bread <laughs> uh, so we'll tell us a bit about the kinds of aliens that are being reported because when i was going through the book i was finding that they seem to be mostly predominantly gr like the, the typical grays were is was there any others in your travels that you've run across yeah it is mostly grays in this book for sure um, my last book inside ufos also had mostly grays. Uh, that's what I hear mostly. It's 60, 70 percent, I would say. Uh, variations, for sure. Some describe tall grays. Some describe shorter ones. Some describe both. That's not at all unusual. Also, I would say second most common would be human looking. There's at least three or four cases of that in the book. Some are very friendly. Yet it's interesting because some of the witnesses feel like this is a terrible experience about two or three in the book. Some feel like it, it was the best thing ever, at least four, perhaps five. And the rest feel it's kind of neutral. But yeah, there's praying mantis, a couple of reptilian cases, which are the most unusual, I would say, and kind of just weird humanoids. It's you know very strange. What do you make of this beanbag head thing? Like Gene uh, or Ann Preston, have you, either of you guys heard anything like this before where these grays don't seem to 
have much of a internal structure, but they're just kind of all soft and beanbag like. I have, yeah, sure. I mean, first, I think a comp that I, I remember vividly come, came from Travis Walton, who did the same darn thing and said it felt marshmallow like, very squishy. We have some squishy announcements here, but nothing to squeeze you. Those are really little <laughs> bad DJ puns. Preston Dennett, Gene and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. <laughs> listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll-free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? 92 
$1,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now 800-503-8625-800-503-8625-800-503-8625 this is leslie kane and i'm with the coalition for freedom of information and you are listening to the paracast preston dennett is with us he's got a new book out which is called Onboard UFO Encounters, True Accounts of Contact with Extraterrestrials. Since you mentioned Travis Walton Preston, what's your assessment of him? That, you know, remains kind of controversial because he allegedly failed at least one lie detector test. What's your perception? Oh, I'm thoroughly certain the case is genuine. Uh, It doesn't rest just on his testimony. There's a, a lot of witnesses. They've passed numerous lie detector tests. Uh, there was physical evidence at the landing site. Yeah, uh, no doubt this is a real case. Uh, I think it's one of the better verified cases, really. And uh, yeah, he's a great guy. Notice the big pause of silence there. <laughs> <laughs> We've had him on the show. I liked him. I thought he was a very personable gentleman. It also sort of reminded me also of the conversations we had with Calvin Parker, talking about the Pascagoula, Mississippi case. Sincere people, believable, and all that. We don't know if what they think happened to them happened to them, but certainly I'd believe what they tell me in terms of their perception of it. Well, you know, his story matches up detail-wise with other accounts. It does have some unusual elements. The five-day thing is pretty unusual, but it's not unique. Each case I kind of take individually. Some cases become very well publicized, but most don't. There are a lot of people having that same kind of experience. Uh, Seeing greys and human-looking ETs together is not at all unusual, uh, which turned up in the Travis Walton case. And fighting with a grey, punching in the face, well, that happened to Tim. There's another case in this book, Onboard UFO Experiences, a guy from England. Oh, man. Had experiences his entire life. And at one point, he he's walking down the stairs to go to the bathroom. Bathroom's on the first floor on the other side of the house. And comes upon a gray standing there in the living room. And he runs up to it and throttles it. Grabs his hands and starts wringing it by the neck. It starts screaming telepathically in his mind, get off, get off, get off me, get off me now. And its arms, he said, were windmilling side to side. But he had it by the neck for a good five seconds before he was knocked out from behind and he woke up in bed. So he's. How do we know these aren't just like some kind of dreams then or, you know, really vivid, lifelike dreams? He was awake. He was. uh, So we know it's not a dream. I mean, he woke up in bed, though. 
So how did we know that he wasn't having a dream of being downstairs with an alien and then he woke up in bed? I don't think so, because, you know, his wife has had encounters as well. Uh, he's got a lot of accounts that have ha- happened to him. I mean, we don't know for sure, do we? But well, that's I just the problem, isn't it? Isn't it? You well, know? I mean, at some point you have to start taking a logical viewpoint. You have to look at this stuff and try and figure out what's going on. Could these be dreams? And certainly I've got every book on dreams I can have. I've written down all my dreams. I've done extensive uh, research into dreams because of this, into sleep paralysis. Right. If you're going to point towards you know this being explained by dreams, the best explanation would be for sure sleep paralysis. Because that's when you wake up, you can't move. And yes, it does feel like you're in a different place. And you do sense figures around you. I've had this, actually, a number of times. Oh, uh, you so had I'm, sleep paralysis. Oh, yeah, because I did a lot of research into dreams. And I started to try to do lucid dreaming. And so you kind of meditate and you do all this stuff where you try and go out of body as well. I did research into that and got really good at it, actually. Well, see, this is kind of encouraging again for me then when talking with you, because here you are, you're going, okay, well, I've done that research. I've actually experienced sleep paralysis. And instead of going, oh, yeah, I was abducted too, you're going, no, 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 that I could tell that this was still just me in a state of quasi-consciousness. Yeah, you can absolutely tell. It's scary. And I can see why people might think it's aliens. And I wouldn't surprise me if there's a little bit of a bleed through here and there where people think for sure they're abducted by aliens and it was sleep paralysis. And for that matter, vice versa. People have an abduction experience and they're like, well, you know, probably just a dream. Mm. Because there are similarities, but uh, you onboard UFO experience follows a pretty set pattern. Okay, let's go into that. What's this pattern? Yeah. Uh, there's sort of this element of being taken. You wake up paralyzed, right? Often, this is in conjunction with, you know, it's not always just, you know, waking up. Uh, the same thing happens if you can be driving down the street, walking outside your house, or being in your anywhere. Some people see a UFO. This does not always happen. Some people have this UFO strike them with a beam of light. Some just have grays appear. At any rate, next thing they know, they find themselves aboard a UFO. Uh, Very few, I think this is really interesting, actually remember entering the object. It's a phenomena UFO researchers call doorway amnesia. Some people just seem to black out or they're got aliens around their bed and the room starts to change almost morph into a ufo or it's very strange so there's something going on there again i think people are being physically taken because they're not where they're supposed to be when people are looking for them right they're transported somehow from from where they're found and usually it seems to be well, not, I shouldn't even say usually, because this can happen to people when they're out hiking. It can happen while they're sleeping. We hear a lot of ones where people are sleeping. But like you say, it happens when they're out driving, too. So, right. Yeah, you'd be too quick to say it only happens while people are in bed. Right. So that's the first thing. That's the it's called being taken, you know, pulled. Uh, second would be the examination. This is what usually happens, probably 70% of the cases. Uh, people are usually undressed, laid out on a table, or, or a dentist chair-like device. Of course, the insides of UFOs have very similar descriptions, and those are certain sort of red flag details I look for. 
Some are well-known, like the indirect lighting in round rooms. Others are not so well-known, like you know what the portholes look like when looking outside of UFO or the control panels or uh, you know the roommate change size. Little rare details lend authenticity to the independent accounts. So the examination is second. Third after that would be the what you call the tour. People are guided around the ship, often to an observation deck, perhaps, or an engine room. That's not at all unusual. Third after that would be the message uh, section of the encounter. People are given messages of some kind. Often it's about warnings of disasters or perhaps spiritual information of some kind, healing, out-of-body stuff, past lives. Uh, this sort of thing is not unusual. Prophecies, even. Following that, it's usually something like, you know, we will meet again and people are put back. So it's got that kind of set pattern. So I have to say, probably 20% new information, 10, sometimes more in each case. Except for in Teresa's case in your book. Now, this is one of the things I was looking for when you were talking about messages. Now, now she was saying when asked if the ETs have given her any messages or if the encounters changed her in any way, she, she apparently she apologized and said she didn't receive anything from the these encounters. So she, you know, she doesn't she didn't feel any unreasonable fear or that the aliens are evil. But the only conclusion she felt is that they are very advanced. And I, I'm assuming technologically there. I'm I'm not sure if she meant technologically or evolution-wise, like evolved as a species or both. Yeah, I, I presume both. It's certainly the one thing everyone in the book agrees upon, that these guys are advanced technologically and mentally, I guess you might put it, very powerful. And even if, you know, people say, oh, they're angels or demons or aliens or, you know, some mysterious intelligence, that's the one thing they all agree on. I like Teresa's case because it's very typical. She's, you know, had repeated experiences where she's pulled on board a UFO, presumably. She didn't think so at first. She didn't know what was happening until she had a close-up UFO sighting and felt that same sort of buzzing feeling that she always feels prior to being taken. And only thing she remembers is being physically examined. That's it. No grand messages, you know, no tours, no, you know, no trips to other planets or anything like that. Uh, very basic. Uh, there's a couple of cases like that in the book, and I think that's the most common thing I hear is sort of this physical examination. I think that speaks towards the alien's agenda of genetic hybridization which is certainly one of their main agendas. They seem to be very interested in the human body and our DNA. Right. We can get to this a little bit later. I, I believe I recall running across, and I, I didn't make specific notes on it. Let's cover this on next segment. We'll pick back up on yeah. it. More to come with Preston, Gene, Randall. You're in. The Paracast. <laughs> For listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. 
A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. I don't even recognize myself anymore. I'm really worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever. Hey, look, I, I never wanted to start using. I, I knew the drill, but I was out of options. I, I just want to tell him it's not your fault. There are people out there who can help. People who have felt your pain. They know what you're going through. This has to stop. I, I'm losing everything. Everyone. You've been strong your whole life. You can do this, but you have to reach out for help. It's time. I can do this. Addiction is a disease, and diseases need treatment. Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-377-1456. 800-377-1456. That's 800-377-1456. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So often as the clock on the wall says, stop, we stopped and Randall had more to say. Go ahead, please. Right. I, I was just saying before the break there that one of the ones we might get into is, I, I believe one of the witnesses or experiencers believed he had a like a a space daughter right star daughter yeah star daughter yeah that's tell us about that yeah tony detata a really great guy worked as a mechanic car detailer when he was like 17 years old this was in 1963 he had a very close-up sighting with a ufo over his home in new york Uh, i was a typical flying saucer says it was clearly unusual. It was an awesome thing to see, and it really impressed him. And it was just a few years later, in 1967, he's 21 years old. He's hanging out in the local park with his friends, uh, and it's getting late, so his friends decide to go home. So it's just him and his other friend, and they're sitting there on a park bench, when suddenly they look a couple hundred yards away, and they see what appears to be this gray E.T., in a kind of silver jumpsuit, and it's gliding through across the, the golf course there, maybe, gosh, quarter mile away, moving at very high speeds, faster than anything can run. And it goes, and it disappears behind this grove of pine trees, completely freaks them out. They go running back to see their friends, and all their friends are now asleep. It turns out, I think they had missing time. He's not sure. Uh, but it was apparently much later 
than they had realized, which is always kind of a red flag. This is when he starts having memories of being on board a UFO. Doesn't ever remember being, you know, taken. Doesn't remember being struck by a beam of light. Nothing like this. It's just suddenly he realized, like, hey, I remember this. I'm sure it happened when he was, you know, much younger, a teenager, 12, 13, around there, that he was on board a UFO. And he describes sort of interior UFOs I often hear. He said that there was indirect lighting, round rooms, he's sitting on a table, and there's this gray ET standing in front of him, kind of staring at him face to face. That's something they do. It's very strange. He didn't get any messages, but he could see that it was alive because he sort of winked at him. And that's all he remembers, you know, consciously. But it started a really sort of a lifetime of experiences. And that somehow culminates in him believing he's got a daughter, like one of these hybrids, it sounds like. Yeah, I know. He's, he started realizing, you know, that after thinking he might be an abductee, he joined a UFO group in New York and decided he's going to go under hypnosis. He's the only guy in this book, you know, who I present in this book who has gone under hypnosis. I'm a total believer in hypnosis. I think it's a really wonderful tool to uncover memories of uh, UFO abduction. But in this book, I didn't want to portray it that way because there's arguments of false memory syndrome and made-up memories. I just didn't right. want to have to deal with that. Yeah, by not, by not having hypnotic recalled stories then you you just avoid that whole problem altogether exactly but still so, i mean it's it's interesting because this person seems to or has this feeling like you're saying that he's got like did he ever meet her or what did these hypnotic uh, regression sessions actually reveal i mean we might as well get into them now that we started anyway um yeah i mean so he goes under hypnosis and he he recalls not going back to this childhood incident, but another incident with his girlfriend where they had gone driving to go sightseeing and somehow ended up behind this diner the next morning. They never thought they had missing time, but they do remember being very disoriented and wondering how they got there. And under hypnosis, he recalls that they encountered, they took a wrong turn off the main road, came up to this giant landed UFO and were pulled inside of it. He said it had a weird kind of rubbery floor. They were taken to this column. There was all these symbols on it. There was this very tall figure. Couldn't see what it looked like, but it was eight feet tall, nine feet tall, very tall, and scared him pretty bad. And that's all he really remembers. He did have a later encounter where he was out with his, at his brother's house and had just retired for the evening and was heading towards his car. Turns on the headlights, and there's a gray standing right in front of his car, right in front of the headlights. And he and the gray stare at each other for a good 20 seconds, 30 seconds, maybe. And suddenly the gray takes off gliding through the field and it, towards a fence, a fence that's about six feet high. This gray, he said, leapt up maybe 20 feet in the air and landed down on the other side and took off. Uh, he ran inside, told everyone, and they go running out and they can see this trail it left in the grass. And they follow it to the end of the trail where it just disappears. Dogs were going crazy. Dogs wouldn't come out for two days up from under the bed after that. Uh, that was his most sort of dramatic encounter. But he just started having these memories of having a hybrid daughter. He started sensing her around. And uh, he doesn't remember when he actually saw her or how, but he has these vivid memories of what she looks like. And so he went online and starts looking at drawings 
and came upon a drawing of a hybrid ET. And it was exactly what his daughter looks like in his mind. So right was, now, are these these like Pamela Anderson type ones? That, or is, is this something different? Because I seem to re- have run across something where there's this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. That's another case. That's the case of Gary, um, the guy who choked the alien. Oh, okay. so, man. <laughs> yeah. Poor Gary. He's okay. not a happy, happy guy. You know, he's having a difficult time dealing with the gray aliens. For him, it began when, as a very young boy, he and his family were followed home by a UFO. It paced their car for about an hour. You know, he's like five years old, seven. Following that, started having these grays come into his bedroom and scaring the living daylights out of him. Uh, his parents were kind of abusive, very abusive. So he didn't get any help from them. Finally, was able to leave home and start thriving. He's 20 years old, wakes up on board a UFO. He thinks he's in the hospital. Somebody is injecting his head at the temple, and it's extremely painful. He looks up expecting to see a doctor, but no, it's a very tall, very scary-looking gray being. He has no idea about UFOs, has never really thought of them at all, pretty much forgot about that childhood sighting, and sort of denied what was happening to him as a child, with the grays coming into his bedroom, but sees this gray alien and just freaks out, starts swearing at it. And saying, you're hurting me, you're effing hurting me. Stop, stop. He says this gray wouldn't stop, showed no compassion whatsoever. He says these guys don't believe in anesthetics. And he was very angry. And he started having a lot of encounters after that, being pulled from his bedroom. He'd wake up, the covers were being pulled off of him. He couldn't move. And he'd zoom out through the window and black out. Happened several times. Uh, He does have some memories of being on board. He remembered one time he's on board and he's in this underwater tank kind of thing, which he can breathe while he's underwater there. Uh, he remembered seeing a bunch of people on board the UFO at one point, all unconscious and laying on the ground. He said there was probably a hundred of them. So he's had a lot of encounters. One time he woke up, he was on board the UFO, he's fully awake. They were apparently returning him to his home because this UFO is coming down fast towards his house. The greys are not aware he's awake. And so he shouts out at some point, all right, lads, really loud. Their reaction was priceless. One of them jumps up out of his chair and starts running around the little room, his arms over his head, just completely panicking. And the other continued to pilot the UFO. Finally, he just says, it's all right. You know, I won't hurt you. Don't be afraid was you know a real turning of the tables because that's usually what they say to him you know don't be afraid we won't hurt you the other grays sat down they stopped the ufo and they came up and they talked to him they said we didn't know you were awake we're sorry this has never happened most people don't wake up and he asked them, well why are you abducting me why are you abducting me and they became very sad he said that was his impression and they said we can't tell you why we're not allowed he said will you let me remember this and they said no we're not allowed he did remember it later that day, but not immediately. This is the same guy. He had some experience of what maybe seemed like an apparition that disappeared out of their room. And he was telling his wife about it and was watching the news. And the newscaster was saying that people were being abducted by aliens that were Pamela Anderson lookalikes. More to come with Gene and Randall and Preston. You're in the Paracast. (laughs) 
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attention, fellow Americans. We are now at an all-time high risk of illnesses due to pathogens and viruses. So it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. Do it with new nanocolloidal silver from AmeriCare. Using a patented process with tiny silver particles one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell that allows for maximum absorption, AmeriCare's nanocolloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it inhibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever at around a dollar a day. But supplies are limited. Purchase nanocolloidal silver now at ImmuneSupportNow.com. That's ImmuneSupportNow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. This is George Norrie from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. With more people listening to radio than visit Google, Facebook, or YouTube, from the very young to the very old, everyone listens to radio. Pillow companies, alarm, identity theft, nutrition, insurance, banking, automotive, the list goes on and on. Billion-dollar businesses. Why? The answer is radio. The media everyone tunes into. 
Find out how effective and affordable radio can be for your business. Contact 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. I had to break when the phrase Pamela Anderson lookalikes. Are we talking about Pamela Anderson in her heyday or now when she's 300 years old? <laughs> Heyday. Let's say heyday. Yeah, this is a very interesting case because uh, he had what he thought was a sighting of a ghost. And uh, that's how he interpreted it at first. Now he's not so sure, and nor am I. Uh, he woke up and there was a woman in his room. He first thought it was his wife, but he could now feel that his wife was still sleeping next to him. He jumps up and scares the living daylights out of this woman who... Uh, immediately flies up through the roof the ceiling says it was weird the ceiling almost opened up and then it closed up you know he's screaming his wife is awake she's out of bed and she's like what's going on he's like look look at the roof because he can still see it closing up Uh, she missed it she missed the whole thing but yeah he said it was this woman who looked very young uh very attractive a little bit exotic and i was wearing this weird gray suit no markings, but very new looking. He said it was what it, he was really impressed with. He just didn't know how to interpret this. He thought it was a ghost. And it happened again. He woke up, and this time it's looking at his wife. And he's awake. This figure, this woman, does not realize he's awake. So he says, hello, hello there, and reaches out and touches her. She reacts with extreme violence, jumps up, pushes him over, and disappears through the wall. His wife is, of course, awake, and he's like, oh, my God, it happened again. It happened again. So we know this is a physical thing because he was pushed over. He touched her, and then she pushed him over. Uh, and they had to go you know, downstairs to calm down, drink some tea, you know, English way. <laughs> so, yeah, it was crazy. And he later heard that report in the news about human-looking ETs that look like Pamela Anderson. You have to wonder because there are a number of cases of, you know, <laughs> yeah. human looking ETs that are very beautiful. That's how they're often described as being very attractive. Right. I mean, this makes me wonder, you know, if they're able to manifest an image of whatever it is that they want. So I say if they're monitoring all of our pop culture, who's to say that they don't have some sort of active camouflage or something like, you know, within the movie Predator or whatever, where they can make themselves, you know, look like whatever they want to look like? Well, we know they can. I mean, there's one case in the book where a lady came home. This is the case of Pat. Who, oh, my gosh, we have to talk about her case at some point. But yeah, she came home and one was wearing a pinstripe suit. And there are, of course, screen memories. These can appear as children, as clowns, teddy bears, superheroes, cowboys. I've heard it all. Owls, deer, wolves, bugs. They can appear as human-looking, too. They can appear as our relatives. I've heard that a few times. You know, your spouse or your parent or something. I don't know that we've seen their true appearance at all. I'm guessing that greys do look like greys. You know, the human-lookings do look human-looking. What I do know is the humanoid form is pretty much universal. 
can't think of a single darn case that doesn't involve you know a humanoid of some kind that i've personally investigated i mean even light beings you know will be described as having arms and legs well i guess there is some some exotic ones out there you know you get the robots and you get the praying mantis types and the and the and the reptilians but still you've got you know the two eyes you got a face right of some kind and they and the robots well except for the except for glowing orbs i mean the one that when I was younger in my teens, that I and my girlfriend and her friend, we all three of us saw it, and um, it seemed to be intelligent. I mean, at first you might think ball lightning, and we might want to cover that case too, because I think that there is a case of ball lightning in your book here. But the one that we saw was it behaved too much like it had intent and in a very repetitive manner, like not in a haphazard manner at all. And so it seemed to us like this thing was actually alive. It wasn't just like a a ship or something it seemed to be some kind of an entity yeah i've had witnesses to say that you know they come upon a ufo and that didn't feel like it was necessarily a ship there was one guy who was driving through the central valley here in california along interstate five and told me this incredible encounter he was very interested in ufos had been for years had read deeply on the subject always wanted to see a ufo and thought you know when i see one i'm gonna run up and knock on it and say take me aboard and he said, that's not what happened at all. So it was very scary. He was driving along with his friend late at night. He was driving. He always likes to drive, does, will not ride in a car with another person. It's just weird that way. And came upon what they thought at first was a crop dusting helicopter or something because it had multicolored lights. It was very low, right alongside the highway. Had this kind of immersive fog or mist all around it. And as they came right alongside it, you know, it's 50 feet, 100 feet away, they realized it wasn't a helicopter. It was totally silent. It was just these moving balls of light, colors of light, maybe around an object. They couldn't quite tell because there was all this fog, but it seemed alive. It seemed like it was this sort of creature almost and that it was going to prey on them. They became very frightened when a beam of light came out of it and started playing across the field, heading towards their car. Like, oh, God, it's going to hit us. And it did. And the next thing they know is they're farther along the highway. He's no longer driving. His friend is. And they can't talk. They try to speak. And all that comes out is gibberish. They couldn't talk for a good you know, half an hour. And then they just didn't talk. They didn't talk about it at all. Some weeks later, they finally got together. And they're like, oh, yeah, this happened. And they both have sort of vague memories of getting out and going up to this thing. But that's all they can really call. By the way, he quit his job. He left his girlfriend, moved to Hawaii, bought a bunch of food, and was living in a cave last time I heard. No, he's probably better stocked than most people are right now then. <laughs> you know, maybe he had the right idea. But that is kind of one of the messages, though, that some of these people have been getting is that they're, you know, prepare for some kind of a global catastrophe, isn't it? For sure. Yeah, it comes up quite a bit. I'd say it's probably the number one message other than, you know, don't be afraid, we won't hurt you, uh, that people get. Uh, I do think ETs are concerned about our planet. Maybe we're their experiment or not, but either case, they don't want their experiment to blow itself up. Um, so they do seem to be trying to save us in that regard, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So we've got Dolly, I think was her name in your book. She says that ETs are trying to help us as best they can, but people become frightened. And this is a huge issue because they really 
mean to do us no harm. But then again, now we're back to square one. And Gene, you've often brought this up as well. Well, you know, if they're here to help us, why do they have this non-interference directive at the same time? I mean, how can you help somebody if you can't do anything? Yeah, it's one of those enigmas about this whole phenomenon, isn't it? UFOs are generally evasive. They come at night. They don't want to be seen. This is not always true. They put on displays over schoolyards. I'm working on a new book right now where UFOs hover over drive-in theaters. I found 80 cases where they're putting on displays that you know rival the movie itself. So and sometimes they want to be seen. They do intervene in human affairs. And the UFO comes down and picks up a few more survivors. And the next thing Pat knows, she's being placed back on her driveway. And More to come with Gene and Randall and Preston. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. We've all seen and perhaps use the alcohol-based hand sanitizers. Have you noticed how it dries your skin and as soon as the alcohol evaporates, it's no longer effective? GCNteam.com has alcohol-free antibacterial soap and foam meeting or exceeding all requirements set forth by the United States Food and Drug Administration. Come to GCNteam.com keyword antibacterial or call 877-878-4203. USA Radio News with Wendy King. Vice President Mike Pence says the Coronavirus Task Force is meeting this weekend to review the numbers and recommend what steps to take next. The president has pushed this week to reopen as much of the country as he can safely. I certainly want to get it open as soon as possible. I don't want it to be long, but we also want it to open safe. The new stimulus bill will send resources to health care providers and money to families and individuals who've been laid off during the outbreak. The president says many companies are pitching in to help. We've had tremendous results on the respirators. We've had great results on uh, just about everything we're talking about. Uh, Boeing just announced that they're going to be making the plastic face shields, the actual shields, which are hard to come by, and they're going to be making them by the thousands a week. This is USA Radio News. So here's the choice. Some people say the USA is finished. It's evil, a has-been, full of hate and injustice. The U.S. Constitution should be trashed and the Bill of Rights abolished. No free speech, no gun ownership, competition, and free markets are bad. We're all too stupid. For our own good, the government must own everything and know all your secrets. 
other people say that America has created the freest, richest, happiest, most generous society that has ever existed in the world. That's why millions of people are desperate to come here and escape their brutal lives in Cuba, Venezuela, North Korea, and 100 other countries. In America, we have the right to succeed, the right to our own living, the right to have a family, the right to believe in God, the right to have our own ideas, the right to be safe and secure, and the right to be left alone. Where do you stand? Help us save the Constitution and restore the American dream. Go to SaveMyFreedom.com. Brought to you by the American Media Council. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. So briefly, and let's kind of back up a little bit, talking about instances where UFO knots, whatever they are, actually tried to help rather than just sit by and make big pronouncements. So Pat had this very unusual UFO dream where she's outside looking at this village somewhere in South America, she's thinking. And they're collecting people and putting them inside this UFO. And not just a few, a good hundred. They did this for a couple of hours and filled this UFO up with people from this village. It was very strange. The people just followed like sheep. No one protested. No one questioned anything. She saw greys. She saw human-looking ETs. And suddenly she's on her driveway. The The ETs are saying goodbye. They put her back in her house. She wakes up the next morning thinking, oh, God, here's another UFO dream. What is going on? She calls up her best friend, says, I had this weird UFO dream where we rescued people from a volcano. And her friend says, Pat, you better go turn on the TV right away. So Pat hangs up and turns on the TV, and it's on every channel. The Nevada Del Ruiz volcano has just exploded in Colombia, South America. It's killed some 27,000 people, they later found out. Totally buried the town of Armero. Pat thinks that's the town that she saw. She could see this footage on TV that matched exactly what she saw. She said it was horrific because there was a, you know, a lot of people dying. It was a huge tragedy. Uh, but she does recall a lot of these people being taken into this UFO. And you have to ask, you know, what happened to them? Presumably, they're not returned. I mean, how could you return these people? They're all missing, and no one's ever going to know because they're presumed dead. But no, they're apparently rescued. It's a very unusual case. Certainly not the only case where people have been rescued. But man, with those numbers, I don't know of any other case quite like it. 
But then again, this was just a dream. Maybe there were no UFOs. Maybe nobody actually was rescued. Maybe it was a premonitory dream with just sort of UFOs added into the scenery, kind of. I've had premonitory dreams, too. I had a premonitory dream of a, a train derailing pretty much almost at the time it was happening. But there was no way I could have been uh, in contact with it. I don't know. Maybe she was picking up something telepathically. Who knows? Or maybe there were UFOs. I mean, it sounds fascinating. It sounds like something someone should go down there and see if they can find any evidence. Right. I would love to do that. I do think it's a real dream because she's got other cases. And she was once very sick with pneumonia and ETs came and cured her. Uh, She did have that her leukemia disappear mysteriously. She's had a, a... a lot of stuff that seems to indicate this is a physical phenomena for her, certainly. Yeah, I remember running across that. Was she able to, or were you able to verify that with any of her medical reports or doctors? Or was this just you just taking it at her, you know, as at her word? Uh, in her case, yeah. I do have another case, Lynette, who does have her doctor reports. There was another guy I interviewed, Jim Schaefer, a guy from Canada who claimed to be cured of cancer. And he showed me before and after pictures of his tumor and how it disappeared. He sent me the doctor reports. These experiences leave a long, long line of baffled doctors. And they're very reluctant to label this as UFO-related. In Jim Schaefer's case, he had already shared his UFO history with his doctors. Because he would come in with cuts and bruises. Once his foot was broken, he woke up with a broken foot, puncture wounds, all kinds of stuff. He'd take pictures of him, rush to the doctor. So they were familiar with his case, and he was scheduled to have cancer surgery to have this tumor removed uh, when he had an encounter with an orb in his bedroom. He actually filmed it, filmed the very orb that apparently cured him. That woke up that morning, the tumor was gone. He couldn't believe it. I got the doctor reports. They called it a miraculous healing. They said there was no trace of the cancer. They didn't label it, you know, UFO healed, obviously, because all they can say is the there was cancer there, and then there wasn't. And they don't know how it disappeared. We're all wondering where the film is. Which film? The film that Jim took? The film that he says he took of the orb that cured him. Yeah, he sent it to me. I have it somewhere buried here in my computer. Does it, is it in a YouTube video or anything? I think he has posted online. Yeah, I'll see if I can find the link for it. Um, that would be awesome. Yeah, if you could come on to our forum. And, and of course, you know, we've got a question bank page for you there. Yeah, come on and post that up so that we can follow up with it on the forum a little bit later. That sounds fascinating. For sure, yeah. I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, hopefully I can find it. Something else that this just, I mean, just on a tangent here, a couple of times you'd mentioned uh, screen memories and that one of the things that people were seeing were clowns. And this just reminded me that back in 2016, there was this whole uh, rogue, evil clown sighting pandemic going on, it seemed like. Do you recall that? People were seeing just random, these clowns it, in uh, disguised as evil clowns in incongruous settings, like near forests and schools, all the same places where we are seeing UFOs. I mean, is, do you think that's just a coincidence? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's a coincidence that there's sort of this evil clown theme that runs through movies and chlorophobia, fear of clowns. It's really, really common among abductees and actually common among society at large. It's funny, whenever I hear someone who's got a fear of clowns, I 
kind of want to start asking them questions about UFOs. Uh, and it's certainly one of the questions I do ask people who, you know, I suspect might be having contact. Yeah, I don't think it's a coincidence at all. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, at first, you know, I thought, oh, these are just jokers out there, you know, just playing practical jokes on people. But I mean, now you're kind of making me wonder if there re- actually is a connection. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me a bit, to be perfectly honest. Uh, one of our former guests, she claimed to have actually been on board UFOs during a sort of conference type thing. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with UFOCUS in New Zealand. Jean, have I got that right? We're talking Suzanne Hansen here. I believe she was saying that she was taken on board and uh, met with all kinds of people, other people from different countries, and then they were all put back. And somewhere along the way, there was a couple of people who did bother to exchange information because this is one of the things I asked her, you know, with all these people on board, it would be really common for people to exchange phone numbers, business cards, whatever the case may be. And then you could kind of prove the next day by getting in touch with each other that that actually happened. And apparently this did happen with at at least one or two people. Well, when we had Denise Stoner and Kathleen Martin on the Paracast, and they both wrote a book about Denise's abductions. And I believe it was her who recalled an instance where she met somebody on board the supposed spaceship and they exchanged greetings, business cards, and separately, after the event was over, they got in touch with one another. So a shared dream, what went on there? That's one of the more interesting and compelling pieces of information that I think leads someone like Kathleen to think something weird's going on. Yeah, that's a a great case. I haven't heard a lot like that. That does turn up for sure. I'm not sure I've personally investigated any cases like that, but I, I know one case that's just like that. Beth Collings and Anna Jamerson were both having repeated abductions throughout their lives and later met each other in real life and realized that they had met each other aboard a UFO when they were little kids. And I do have one case like that, which I haven't written about, where a gentleman from Montana and a lady from Nevada were both having encounters with cat-like ETs. And they later met each other and became married and continued to have encounters with apparently the same ETs. At least it started a romance there. That sounds like fun. A number of witnesses tell me that they feel like their partners were set up by the ETs, that they met you know, their significant other through some sort of weird coincidence that was perhaps guided by the ETs. Yeah, it turns up a lot. A what lot, is interesting to me here, which is apropos maybe of nothing, is that going back through history here, you have these weird coincidences, especially the one where we have to break now. More to come with Preston, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. 
They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Attention, fellow Americans. We are now at an all-time high risk of illnesses due to pathogens and viruses. So it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. Do it with new nanocolloidal silver from AmeriCare. Using a patented process with tiny silver particles one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell that allows for maximum absorption, AmeriCare's nanocolloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it inhibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, at around a dollar a day. But supplies are limited. Purchase nanocolloidal silver now at immunesupportnow.com. That's immunesupportnow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Let me ask you something. What are you doing when you put money in a 401k or IRA or store jumper cables in your vehicle or purchase health insurance? You're preparing. You're preparing to ensure you have enough money for retirement. You're preparing for when your car battery dies or to have assistance paying a major unexpected medical bill. That all makes sense. The same goes for building a food storage plan. You're preparing for when emergencies or disasters strike and shelves go empty at your grocery store. The best way to prepare is with My Patriot Supply. They've helped a million hardworking Americans become more self-sufficient. My Patriot Supply sells hundreds of items, including dozens of emergency food kits at MyPatriotSupply.com. It could be an earthquake, a cyber attack freezing our banking system, or a disaster that shuts down our power grid for weeks. For all these emergencies and more, get your supplies and prepare today at MyPatriotSupply.com. No more rushing to find empty store shelves because you're too late. Do it now so you're ready. MyPatriotSupply.com. Hey, this is... 
this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. You have these situations, guys, where something, a weird synchronicity happens. And I'll save one right here, right now. I've mentioned this on the show. So Barbara and I have been married for probably close to 44 years right now. We met in 1976, and I joined a dating club, dating service. And of course, then you weren't doing things online now, like you have OkCupid and all these dating services now. Then it was being done by either telephone or by snail mail. So I got this listing of potential partners, and she was last on the list. And we got to talking. And to be very brief about it, she said, you know, maybe we should not get together because you're tall. I was, you know, six foot one, six foot two. I'm a little older now and a little shorter. And she was just around five feet. And she said, you know, maybe you're too tall for me. And I said, you know what? My mother is not much taller than you. And my father is only an inch or so smaller than me. And they made it and they did fine, more or less, over the years. So I don't think height matters so much as getting along. And somehow that struck a chord. And so we got together and we got together again and again. In the meantime, the dating service, within a week or two after we met for the first time, went out of business. After succeeding in getting us together, it was gone. Don't ask me to even explain that. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I like that story. I think it would be totally cool to actually meet up with someone that way. You know, I'm I'm back single now, you know, having lost uh, my previous life partner to cancer. The Unfortunately, the aliens didn't save her. But I can tell you the regular dating scene out there is a total minefield. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, they might be doing me a favor if they could hook me up that way. So. Well, they definitely do it. I just another case comes to mind. A guy I interviewed recently. I haven't written about his case yet. Uh, I plan to. His name is Don. He's from Utah. Was very religious when he had this encounter with where Grays showed up and were trying to take his son. And suddenly, all these memories of encounters he's had throughout his life sort of flooded back. Things which he had denied or or erased from his memory. And they took him aboard this UFO and showed him all this stuff. There was a kid who was playing with his own child uh, who they didn't know, but turned out to come back into their lives or come into their lives for the first time a few months later. And the ETs told him as well that he would meet this woman and showed an image of her. Turned out she was from, gosh, like, I forget where, it was another country. But it did end up meeting and having a relationship for a number of years. And it was, again, yeah, prophecy to board a UFO. <laughs> wow. Tell us about the woman who works for the Army De- Department of Defense who is approached by a UFO with a message that will save her life. Yeah, Dolly, amazing lady. Her father was in the military, and uh, as a very young child, she started having a lot of weird experiences where she was, this started actually when she was two years old, she would disappear from her room and they'd find her later, like in the closet or outside. They once found her two miles from her house. She had no memories of how she got there. So there was this weird disappearing act that went on a number of times. 
uh, she started having visitors into her room. She didn't really talk about it because she didn't know what to think. One time, she's like 14 years old. She, she was very interested in astronomy at this time. She's very interested in science and was out there looking at the stars and saw a large group of UFOs. And one of them comes dropping out of the sky right over her backyard. It's literally 50 feet away or so. And it sends down this beam of light and she turns to run. And the next thing she remembers, it's, you know, the next morning, her clothes are on all strange, not quite the way she put them on. She's very disoriented and sitting on her floor. Uh, she later found that, you know, heard the news that morning. There was a number of reports of UFOs in her area. So she's ha started having encounters very early on. As a young teenager, she would have what she called her UFO dreams. Again, this is how a lot of people interpret them, uh, where she would be taken to another place, she said, which clearly wasn't to Earth. There was a much lighter gravity. All the trees and plants were very different. There were other children there, and they were all being taught sort of various subjects, some on science, but mostly about altruism, she said, you know, the importance of being a good person and how interconnected we all are. As she grew up, she had more UFO experiences and a lot of close-up sightings. One time, you know, now she's working for the Army Department of Defense and is heading towards work one evening, Fort Benning, I believe it was, and sees this UFO behind her car. It's huge. It's got this giant bank of lights. She's very familiar with aircraft. She knows something that large would have to be pretty darn loud, and she couldn't hear a thing. And so it's getting closer and closer, and suddenly it buzzes her car. It swoops down 50 feet over her car, swoops about 200 feet up in the air, turns around, and faces her. She, of course, slams on the brakes and stares at this thing, and it sends a telepathic message. It said, home is not good. Home is not good. Oh, She's like, well, well, I don't know what that means. You know, what does that mean? She's completely freaked out. It darts away. You know, she ends up going to work and, and asking them, you know, is anything strange going on? Any weird aircraft coming in? Her superior kind of looks at her sharply and says, no. You know, she makes some discreet calls during her break to other airports and local uh, bases to see if there's any reports of unusual aircraft can't find anything, no evidence that anyone else saw what she saw, and is really shook up because she doesn't quite understand what this message means. She's thinking, you know, something bad at home? Does that mean, you know, Earth? I mean, her house? What does it mean? Uh, so she goes home and has a dream of this sort of sighting. And in the dream, her husband's name is attached to the message. She said something is bad at home with her husband. And she thinks, well, that's great because she's having trouble with her husband at this time he's acting very distant and aloof unloving uh, she's having a lot of health problems too she has chinese food that night and just gets very sick her husband brings home chinese food and she takes a couple of bites and is just very badly sick and has to be rushed to the hospital with apparent food poisoning uh, that's what they thought it was you know she recovered a couple of days later she had what looked like a heart attack that's, again, what the doctors thought it was. And uh, they treated her and eventually released her. But she was still very sick. She couldn't figure out what was going on. Uh, but she kept thinking about this message from the UFO that it had to do with her husband. 
And then her husband announces, you know what? I'm taking over the finances. You're too sick. And she says, no, that's not going to happen. Get out of the house. So they had a very messy separation. And she slowly felt better, but was having a lot of problems. And finally went to another doctor and got a really extensive blood tests. And he had terrible news. He said, your blood has antifreeze in it. Someone has been poisoning you. Oh, wow. Turned out her husband was a, yeah, he was a secret sociopath. Long history of violence. She's got more evidence, you know, that he was lying and apparently poisoning her. And she feels like this UFO saved her life. That is really, really interesting. So, yeah, she's one of the people who feels like UFOs are very friendly. Um, She's, you know, was once driving along, completely lost, could not find her way home. A UFO appeared. Another time, she woke up in her house and was going downstairs to the kitchen to get some juice or milk. And uh, there was a gray there. And she's looking at it. And and she couldn't believe it because she's completely just, you know, conscious and standing there. And so is it. He's like, oh, my God, you know, what are you doing here? Who are you? And he said, you know who I am. She said, no, I, I don't know you. And he said, yes, you do. I'm your son. And she looked at him. You know, he was a hybrid. He looked gray, but part human. And she said she could actually see some family resemblance in this figure. And she's like, wow, wow, this is amazing. You know, she'd been shown hybrid babies before, but this guy was full grown. Or she asked him, how old are you? You would think of me as about 25, but actually I'm much older because I don't always live in your time stream. And he tried to explain it to her. She says a lot of it went over her head. But uh, he told her, yeah, I'm always here. I'm always watching over you. We will always protect you. Well, isn't that nice? All, all <laughs> kinds of, yeah. Friends in high places, huh? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> That takes us back to sort of the the beginning of the show when you briefly mentioned that there's some people who had interpreted them as angels. And so this reminds me as being very guardian angel-like. Let's look at these guardian angels that help pay the bills, at least to the network. We're to come with Preston, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? 92 
$5,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. I want to remind you people that we have that second radio show after the Paracast that we offer strictly only to those who subscribe to the Paracast Plus. For more information, go to theparacast.plus. By the way, during the coronavirus pandemic, we have really, really slashed prices. So it's easier for you than ever to subscribe. We've cut prices by 40% and such. I assume a lot of you are forced to stay at home whether you like to or not. And we're providing some really solid information. By the way, our guest this week, Preston Dennett, will also be on After the Paracast. That will be part two of the interview. Randall, let's continue. Yeah, just before the break there, we were talking about how some people have had the experience of aliens being like guardian angels and that some people are very religious and look at it in a religious sense and you've got the case of ron and he says i know they exist i know who they are and where they're from so he said he goes on to say more but but okay who are they and where are they from uh yeah it's very interesting you know some people come away from their experiences convinced that these are angelic beings and this is what happened with ron from new kensington pennsylvania back in 1965 you know he's just a 14 year old teenager and out with his two friends one evening uh, it's around 7 p.m darkness had just fallen and uh, they're gonna go skateboarding and whatnot when this ufo shows up and it's just a few hundred feet hovering over the large elm tree at the corner of his yard his backyard it's a huge metallic saucer classic shape absolutely beautiful metallic has this red light on the bottom of it reminded him of kind of a bike reflector with that weird bumpy texture and uh, they're just thrilled it's like 200 feet across it's got a dome you can see this sort of view screen and there's two people human looking apparently you can just see sort of silhouettes sort of waving at him and he gets this really strong longing to go on board the ufo and actually starts you know praying and begging for them you know take me for a ride take me for a ride next thing he knows you know he's waving at them and just begging them to go on board and standing there and looking at them and next thing he knows he's facing the other direction and he's waving goodbye to this thing and the figures are also waving goodbye and they're, and they're saying goodbye 
And he's really upset because they're leaving. He's got this feeling of poignant sorrow, but at the same time, this amazing feeling of satisfaction that you know he got to meet these guys. And he turns to his two friends, and they're facing you know the other direction, the original direction. And he's like, "That's weird." He says, "Guys, did you see that? We just saw a UFO." And they looked at him blankly, and they're like, "What? There's no UFO." They didn't remember it at all. And one of them looks down at his clock. It's like 9.30 or 10 o'clock. And they're like, shoot, we're supposed to be home by 10. We've got to go. So they all run home. And Ron goes to his mom. He's like, mom, mom, I just saw a UFO. And I, something happened. We're missing three hours of time. She listened to him and was very supportive. Didn't really know what to tell him. Uh, but could see he was telling the truth because he was pretty uh, you know, excited about it. Almost upset particularly because his friends didn't remember. So the next morning, he runs straight to his friend's house, and they can't come out and play. Um, they're both grounded, and neither of them have any memory of any UFO at all. Uh, he goes home absolutely dejected and tells his mom, you know, he's upset to the point of crying. He says, they, they don't remember it. You know, maybe I imagined it. I don't know what's going on. I remember this. And she says, I think you're right, and hands him the newspaper. Turns out, there was a wave of sightings over his town, and a bunch of people saw it. No one else saw you know, a window with humanoids, but he did. And over the next two weeks, he spontaneously remembered most of what happened uh, during that missing three hours. He didn't go under hypnosis. He just suddenly remembered he had been taken on board. Doesn't remember how he got on board. Doesn't really remember everything that happened, but how it started for him was he's sitting on a little bench, a very low, narrow bench on board this craft, presumably. So it was very clean, pretty large, had rounded walls, indirect lighting. He was sitting in between two adult humans who were like catatonic or something. He's like, hello, hello, but they didn't say anything and didn't react at all. And mostly his attention was drawn to the two original humanoid figures who he said were standing you know, right there, not far away from him, and looking at him. Uh, they were about five, six feet tall, very beautiful. The woman had brown, long brown hair. Uh, the man had blonde hair, blue eyes. said that they were very muscular and looked almost genetically perfect, just really beautiful and really friendly and looked like they were just having a really good time and enjoying the fact that he was having a good time, and they were, you know, paying attention to a panel sort of on the wall. The woman waves her hand over the panel. Part of the wall becomes transparent. It's very interesting because this is what witnesses almost always say. They don't see a window like we would see here on Earth or even in a Navy ship or something with, you know, a frame around it. Instead, the wall just becomes transparent. In some cases, the entire UFO becomes transparent. Uh, but in his case, it was just a section, and he could see this star field, and stars are moving him around. It was just a really pleasant experience for him. That's pretty much all he remembers. Uh, but following that, he did have more encounters. Um, his children and his family had some very close-up UFO sightings. Uh, and he just feels that these beings are angelic and come from the divine source. What I find interesting about this is there's another case in the book, Lynette, where the ETs told her flat out 
that a lot of people who we have contacted throughout history have thought we were angels, and that a lot of the accounts you have in history of angels were really us. Point of order, Preston. Through the show, and we've done this before and had this discussion, but I want to remind listeners, you continue to refer to them as ETs, but you're really referring to them as strange beings, and we really don't know 100% what they are, correct? Correct. I'm not going to tie myself to the extraterrestrial theory, the ETH, extraterrestrial hypothesis. Still think it's the best one. And there's, you know, there's reasons why I feel that way. At this point, I thought it was important that you clarify this so people don't know that you're saying, all right, very possibly it is ET, but I'm not saying 100% because I can't that it is. Yeah, I can't. Um, you know, I don't have the UFO in front of me. Either. I'll tell you what, right now, you know, we have an audience around the world. Maybe we're being heard by somebody, by subspace radio and TV. ETs, you know where he lives, right? Go say hello to Preston. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? Definitely. Imagine All if right. the ETs came from Brooklyn and said, Hey there, Preston, would you like a bagel? <laughs> I'd say, yeah. <laughs> but where you live sure. in California, can you even get decent bagels? We have a heck of a time here in Arizona. There's one place across town, and uh, it's not that far away. It takes only, an, gosh, it's four, four, four miles. It takes at least 40 minutes to get there. Well, of course, with L.A. traffic, <laughs> you know, you're lucky it doesn't take four hours. Yeah, of course, if I were to take my UFO, it'd be a lot easier, but I don't like to use it for that. What's it called, by the way? Let's give him a free ad. Uh, Western Bagel. Yeah, they make their own. It's just pure bagels. That's all they do. Okay. Are they using New York-style water? There's a difference. Um, I don't know. I don't know. All I know is I can't buy anything like that in the store, for sure. We have a place called Chompy's here, and it's okay. I like the people there. They're from New York. But there's also a place called Bongiorno's, which is Italian, obviously. In Gilbert, Arizona, they import or have a filter to create foul New York water in making bagels. Why are we talking about this? Maybe E.T. is handing out bagels. We'll find out in our next segment with Preston, Gene, and Randley. You're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. 
When you have a pain in the neck, a real pain in the neck, back, shoulder, or legs, you now have two convenient choices to get fast relief without taking another pill. Because now, Sunny Bay heating wraps and pillows are available at both Amazon and Walmart. Yes, see Sunny Bay's four-and-a-half to five-star customer reviews on Amazon.com or Walmart.com. Our made-in-the-USA microwavable heat wraps, heatable neck pillows, and extra-large body wraps are designed better for perfect support where and when you need it. Even while driving, Sunny Bay wraps will not burn and stay balanced to provide soothing hot or cold therapy to help treat temporary or chronic pain. And the best part? Sunny Bay quality products start at under $20. Join thousands of happy customers and see why Sunny Bay products have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. It's easy. Click Amazon or Walmart and search today for Sunny Bay. All across the country, people are coming together to speed up what we can learn about health. The All of Us Research Program is calling on one million people to join us as we try to change the future of health. For your family, for future generations, for all of us. Visit joinallofus.org and find out how you can become one in a million. The Hebo Tea Club's original pure Pau Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. So it naturally has antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-infection, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. But maybe more importantly, the Hebo Tea Club's original pure Pau Arco Super Tea builds corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen oxygen to develop and cancer happens to die in oxygen. The tea is great for healthy people and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. Dehebo Tea Club's original pure Pauti Arco Super Tea is only $34.95 plus shipping. Order now at shopsupertea.com or call 818-984-6100. That's shopsupertea.com, 818-984-6100, shopsupertea.com. Join me, George Norrie, in Indian Wells, California, May 29th to June 1st for the Contact in the Desert UFO Conference, an epic weekend of exploration into UFOs, ancient civilizations, crop circles, and so much more. Over 150 lectures, panels, workshops, and events with leading experts, Paul Hellyer, Linda Moulton Howe, Nick Pope, Emery Smith, Stephen Greer, Russell Targ, Doc Wallach, Leslie Kane, and more. Get your tickets at contactinthedesert.com. It's time to make contact, contactinthedesert.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Don't want to make light of this because you have some pretty astounding experiences here. Can we say in general that people are accepting of it or are they frightened for the most part uh you get all kinds um a few people in the book are pretty unhappy i'd say most have come to terms with it and i don't feel like this is a phenomenon that, that's out to hurt people that's not its agenda at all yes people are traumatized for sure there are many cases which are not at, by any means positive but by and large i'd say most of them are 
if not positive, I would say neutral. And I don't get reports of people being tortured or, you know, sadistic aliens who get off on hurting and scaring people. That's not their agenda at all. They're very interested in the human body. That's one of their main agendas. They seem to be very interested in warning people about upcoming environmental disasters, nuclear proliferation, our warlike ways. That's for sure one of their agendas. Another is imparting spiritual information. A lot of these people in this book as well, but generally speaking that I've talked to and I think this is borne out by other people's research, come away from their experiences spiritually transformed in some way. They start doing hands-on healing. They start doing water dowsing. Our channelers now are psychic readers or have precognitive dreams or something you know, along those avenues. So that's for sure another agenda they have. We're constantly taking people into the engine room and saying, you know, why do you use fossil fuels? There are better ways. This is how we do it. Over and over again, I've written about this. There's a bunch of cases where people have actually built what amounts to energy-free motors, or are trying to at least, after having you know been taken on board a UFO. That's another agenda. I've got multiple agendas, and most of them seem to be pretty positive. What I kind of find interesting about the collection that you've got there, too, is that being uh, a sort of the up-close experiencer type, they're, they're not sort of your typical metallic craft jet chases it, uh, you know, scenario, Nimitz encounter to the Stars Academy. It's, it's, it's much more nuanced. It reminds me, I'm not sure if you've seen it yet, but there's a m- movie called Horse Girl starring Alison Brie and Debbie Ryan and John Reynolds. And it, you can see it on Netflix, but it these just seem like really sort of regular people that have really unusual experiences happen to them. And they're not really sure about what they are either until finally they come to this, what seems like at this point of acceptance that this is really happening to them. Some people may go through their whole lives and never talk about it. You know, they're just not comfortable with it. And people reach varying levels of understanding and exploration into their phenomena and how they feel about it. Like Joe Gardner, the guy in the book who doesn't quite, he's not convinced these are aliens. He says there's too many weird things that have happened to him. His experiences began at a very young age. He saw a UFO over the local grocery store, like age five, with his mother. They both saw it. They both still remember it. A couple of months later, he's driving along with his whole family, his his mother, his father, his older sister, and him. And they drive up to this weird-looking house. They think it's a house, but it looks like a UFO on stilts. And his father's like, look at the spaceship house, guys. And they drive by it. And Joe's like, let's pull over, let's pull over. Finally, he just won't shut up. So they do a U-turn and go back to this thing. And there's no driveway. There's no wires going to it. And his father's like, well, maybe it's one of these smart energy houses or something. And they get out of the car and walk up to it, the father and and Joe. And they walk around it. There's no front door. (laughs) Joe reaches up and touches one of the landing legs. It's big enough where he could walk under this thing. He said it was ice cold and metallic. And his father's like knocking on it saying, hello, hello, is anyone there? When one of the portholes opens up and this hand comes out it's got three fingers on it and starts waving them up 
this little ladder like staircase extends, they go on board. And the instant Joe sees this figure on board this craft, he shouts out, Hey, that man looks like a bug. Because that's what looked like a giant bug man to him. So his father didn't seem to notice anything strange. This speaks towards them being able to you know, change their appearance. And it was a long, drawn-out encounter, one of many which Joe had. Uh, but he's had experiences with ghosts, strange odors, apparitions. He had one experience where this UFO-like glowing cloud came down the street, and it opened up, and this woman came out, you know, a human-looking woman. It wasn't alien at all. He doesn't interpret this stuff necessarily as E.T. Of course, you know, we're impressed, and I guess to be clear about it, we don't know for certain the shape and form of E.T. except what people see, and we don't know how much of a cultural influence that might have. But ETs may come in all sorts of shapes, some quite grotesque, like it came from outer space, that 50s sci-fi movie, that was grotesque. Or they may alter their appearance to look a little more friendly to us. Just suggesting. Yeah, I'm very curious about this whole screen memory thing. Yeah, like I mentioned earlier, I think the greys do look like greys. Because there are so many independent corroborated reports. How do we know for sure until you have the actual body? And I think we do. You know, once I see the actual body and the ship, well, then all bets are off. We know what we're dealing with here. Okay, okay. You said we might. You said we might have the actual body. Do tell. Uh, there are good several hundred number of whistle, you know, whistleblower accounts of people who say they've worked with crash retrievals. Leonard Stringfield was the first researcher to really buckle down and focus on just that. But there are many early accounts, you know, coming from like Ray Fowler. This was the first report of a gentleman who claimed that he was put on a bus with blacked out windows and taken to a crashed UFO in Paradise Valley, Arizona. It's now a very famous case. It's got a lot more corroborating evidence than just this one witness who we have his name. You know, his job was to sort of figure out how fast this object was coming in based on the marks it made on the ground, the landing traces. We should tell Uh, listeners I do live about 25 minutes from there, and they do have a great New York-style deli at the Paradise Valley (laughs) Mall, but that's not the point. I just had to mention that. So, yeah, these are crash retrieval cases, and it's not just the Paradise Valley case. It's not just Roswell or the Aztec case or Kecksburg. There's a lot. And in fact, when I started writing books about various states like California, New Mexico, Colorado, New York, Arizona, Nevada, New Mexico, they all had crash retrievals, every darn one of them. I suspect that it's a lot more common than even people recognize within the UFO community. But researchers have uncovered several hundred. There are many hundreds of whistleblowers who are saying this. Uh, Some are pretty highly credentialed, you know, within the military or military industrial complex, you know, some high level scientists, good witnesses. So yeah, there's good evidence. It's circumstantial, certainly, but good evidence that we do have crashed UFOs. I want to talk to you more about that, Preston, in our next segment. More to come with Gene Randall. Preston, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNlife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNlife.com or call toll-free 844-443-6637. That's GCNlife.com or 844-443-6637. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNlife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNlife.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. Vice President Mike Pence says the Coronavirus Task Force is meeting this weekend to review the numbers and recommend what steps to take next. The president has pushed this week to reopen as much of the country as he can safely. I certainly want to get it open as soon as possible. I don't want it to be long, but we also want it to open safe. The new stimulus bill will send resources to health care providers and money to families and individuals who've been laid off during the outbreak. The president says many companies are pitching in to help. We've had tremendous results on the respirators. We've had great results on uh, just about everything we're talking about. Uh, Boeing just announced that they're going to be making the plastic face shields, the actual shields, which are hard to come by, and they're going to be making them by the thousands a week. This is USA Radio News. So here's the choice. Some people say the USA is finished. It's evil, a has-been, full of hate and injustice. The U.S. Constitution should be trashed and the Bill of Rights abolished. No free speech, no gun ownership, competition and free markets are bad. We're all too stupid. For our own good, the government must own everything and know all your secrets. Other people say that America has created the freest, richest, happiest, most generous society that has ever existed in the world. That's why millions of people are desperate to come here and escape their brutal lives in Cuba, Venezuela, North Korea, and 100 other countries. In America, we have the right to succeed, the right to our own living, the right to have a family, the right to believe in God, the right to have our own ideas, the right to be safe and secure, and the right to be left alone. Where do you stand? Help us save the Constitution and restore the American dream. Go to SaveMyFreedom.com. Brought to you by the American Media Council. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may 
allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-301-5435. That's 800-301-5435. 800-301-5435. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the podcast, The Gold Standard of Paranormal Radio. Okay, crash retrievals. Of course, we have the Roswell affair. That may be more or less than it seems to be. We have other possible cases. Aztec, I do not believe, for many reasons that I could cite. Do you believe in the Aztec case? Preston? You know, whether I believe it or not isn't really useful or, you know what I mean? Because belief proves nothing. There's evidence supporting it that I think is very persuasive, yes. Uh, But I don't know. You know, I wasn't there. This is one of the ironies about UFO crash retrievals. Here we have the possibility of the best evidence ever, and most of it is resting on the testimony of scattered witnesses. Now, in terms of Aztec, we had Scott Ramsey on here who wrote extensively about it. I met him, as a matter of fact, for lunch, actually, at a Middle East restaurant in Tempe, Arizona. And really nice guy, personable and everything. Here is the problem with Aztec. Problem with Aztec is there's no cultural memory of anything happening in Aztec, New Mexico. And I'll give you one example of that, which might be worth exploring. We had a gentleman by the name of Monty Shriver, a retired professor and engineer, several years back on After the Powercast. He was also interviewed by Kevin Randall, and he wrote a piece for a different perspective. The long and short of it is he's old enough to have grown up in Aztec when this allegedly happened in 1948. Going to a class reunion, he actually talked to people who were around there. Nobody remembered anything contrary to like Roswell, where people do remember things. There is a cultural memory of something where it happening, regardless of what it is. Aztec, the only evidence that ever came forth prior to the present day was in 1950 when we had the book Behind the Flying Saucers from Frank Scully. Before that, nothing, zilch, nothing to bring back. And that's the problem I have with Aztec. It rests with are, a couple of people who might be confidence men. It's more than a couple of people. There are a number of witnesses who have spoken towards this. Yeah, I mean, that's what we're kind of stuck with these cases is eyewitness testimony. Um, with the Roswell case, that went unnoticed for years and years and years. Wasn't really any activity on that until 1970 when, when Stanton Friedman started tracking down Jesse Marcel. And it sort of exploded from there. But just think how close that could have just slipped away into history and never been researched at all. Now right, but in the case of Roswell, once you went back there, once you talked to the people, there were those who remembered, not always perfectly, but there were those who had memories of it. But now, if, in terms of Aztec, there's very little cultural memory in the area. Again, well, most Roswell- of it rests... 
with Aztec, most of it rests with the Frank Scully book. Yes, Roswell was dead and buried pretty much after the story where the military recanted the story about flying disc and say, oh, it's just a balloon. Look at this picture. Isn't it fancy? We know about that. So something I think we could say without doubt with all the witnesses, regardless of how well they have that memory, something happened. That certainly is worth further exploration, although possibly now, unless we actually find the crashed UFO, allegedly, we'll never know. When it comes to something from Aztec, I don't think so, my friend. Well, I've got to remember, too, the Roswell case was bungled in terms of trying to cover it up. And I think the Air Force learned some lessons and uh, clamped down a lot harder on future cases. That could be a factor. Maybe and- so, but... Then again, it's not just clamping down. It's people who live there don't know what happened. And remember, too, that this is, what, just the following year after Roswell? The other question would be, then, what other cases are there that you would accept? Kecksburg, for sure. People remember that. There's still a, you know, a monument. There's lots of witnesses to that one. Uh, yeah, it's a problem with the whole crash retrieval phenomena is that most of these crash retrieval cases rest on just a few witnesses. Roswell's the exception. Kecksburg's is the exception. And uh, for that matter, Aztec and the Paradise Valley have more than just one witness as well. But some are just one witness. Honestly, I mean, Bud Hopkins talks about a case where a nurse came upon a crash, an auto accident, she thought, on a New Mexico highway. And as she's examining the bodies, um, they weren't human looking. You know, and she had actually brought them into her little office there, one small little doctor's office, when the government showed up and took it away. And uh, so this is all resting on just one single witness. <laughs> and that is definitely a problem. But now we're at a situation where we have so many of them that it's clear this is true. There's too many whistleblowers saying the same darn thing. And it follows a logical pattern because uh Apparently, these things do are being shot down in certain instances. They do fail. They're not perfect. Uh, and it makes total sense. It follows sort of along a continuum that makes logical sense. Well, the thing I worry about here, if you're firing on advanced flying machines from other planets, other star systems, they start firing back. We are in deep trouble. Yeah, don't shoot at UFOs. I I wrote an article for the MUFON Journal years ago, UFO, don't shoot, and outlined like 10 or 20 cases. And uh, usually they don't shoot back. They'll just fly off. But a few cases, they will. They'll shoot back. There was one guy, I think it was Brazil, uh, who fired his gun at a UFO, and they shot him with a beam of light. And it made him very sick. He lost a lot of weight, had what amounted to radiation sickness. Gosh, I think he may have died shortly after that. So, yeah, not, probably not a good idea to fire the UFO. Definitely not. There was a book called Shoot Him Down that was written some years ago, where we actually had the author on the show indicate that it was something that we were doing, which was that we had standing orders in some situations that these craft were to be fired upon if we saw them. Well, 
just I'm not thinking about Independence Day, the original movie. I never did see Resurgence, the, the sequel, although I might. But you think about there, where E.T. fired on us first, of course. But what if they just came here and we fired on them? We can't assume that visitors from outer space are necessarily benevolent. I mean, we get into that whole argument here. Is E.T. here to help us, harm us? They don't care. They warn us about the folly of our ways, but they didn't stop coronavirus. They didn't go and give us a cure. They didn't give us a cure. They haven't done anything about all the refugees in Syria. World War II, with how many hundreds of thousands of people died in World War II and Vietnam and around the world. I mean, if E.T. really wants to put its money where its mouth is, so to speak, they got to be a lot more helpful than they are. I just think if it is E.T., they may occasionally do a few token things to show they're benevolent, but probably they don't care. I don't know. They could take over if they wanted to. Um, that's you've got it. You've got option. it. My friend, you've got it right there. <laughs> they, could, they could take over if they want to, but they may not care to, or maybe they are. And unlike Independence Day, they're not firing a shot. Unlike War yeah, of the Worlds, they're not firing a shot. They're doing it quietly. Maybe Dr. David Jacobs is right. We have this race of human-alien hybrids that are infiltrating our society, and one day we wake up. E.T. is in control. Now, maybe the way things are going now, maybe that would be a good thing for E.T. to be in control of us because we're not doing very well. We're screwing it up. We're messing things up pretty badly. And if advanced beings from another planet have said, you know what, Earthlings, they're going to destroy themselves if we don't act quickly. And they're doing it quietly, not firing a shot, etc. But, you know, who's to know? Preston Dennett is here. Gene and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I helped thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. 
I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug outhouse that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR. DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. Extend your life with Extendovite. Extendovite really works. Just listen to what Wayne has to say. Extendovite. I have uh, been taking it for about two years, and I had uh, really bad heart palpitations. And since I've been taking it, I don't have any major episodes at all anymore. I'm 76 years old, and I still play competitive basketball. Well, of course, I've taken care of myself really good since I was 60, but... Um, Extendivite really helped the blood pressure, really helped the, I used to get really bad episodes of heart palpitations, just skipping beats and double beats. But also I wanted to tell you that I really appreciate your broadcast, that just uh, really refreshing. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, so much about... Benevolent E.T. or not, but the book is called Onboard UFO Encounters, True Accounts of Contact with Extraterrestrials. Preston Dennett is our guest. We did talk, you did mention earlier about possible benevolent aliens, but don't you think here that if they really, really care that much, they do a lot more than they are? Uh, Yeah, it's definitely a question that uh, is on my mind quite a bit. Because uh, I did write a book called The Healing Power of UFOs that documents some 300 cases where they have physically healed people, but they're not healing everybody. And we do have this awful epidemic. You know, now that this epidemic is going on, I just put out a little video on my YouTube channel, which outlines 10 cases where people were healed of the flu or pneumonia and respiratory disease. So I know it does happen. 
I know one of their agendas is to cure people and heal people because there are enough cases where, you know, I can say that with confidence. Just because they haven't taken over our planet doesn't mean they aren't hostile. We can't assume that. And from a military standpoint, they've got to be out of their minds because these objects are hovering over our nuclear missiles and shutting them off. They're hovering over our dams, our power stations. They're hovering over our Air Force bases. They play cat and mouse games with our jets. Uh, there's the case of Felix Monkla, Lieutenant Felix Monkla over Lake Superior, who was vectored towards a UFO and disappeared inside it, and the UFO took off. We've never seen him again. What happened to Frederick Valentik, you know, off the coast of Australia? Same type of thing. Yeah, this is a difficult thing to try to wrap your head around and figure out what's going on. Again, I don't, I don't subscribe to Jacob's theory that this is bad, bad news for Earth. By all indications, ETs have been here for a very long time, thousands of years, may have very well been tinkering with our race for at least that long, uh, and apparently still are. I don't think it's necessarily a nefarious thing, though. I think they're, we're edging towards open official contact. I say that because what we're dealing with now is unprecedented in human history. Uh, starting in 1950s, these abduction reports started coming in in very large numbers, these onboard UFO accounts. We don't have anything like that stretching back in history. There's a few accounts that could be interpreted that way but not in the huge, large numbers we're seeing now. So that's weird. That points towards some sort of agenda. Yes, but I wonder here, too, not to dispute this is happening. I, obviously, something is happening. I've talked to several people who say they've been abducted. I even met Betty Hill years and years ago, a very sincere, smart woman. And obviously, she was factually reporting something that happened to her in terms of how she interpreted it. Yes, so things are happening. But then again, it comes to this. If ET really wants to make an impact, why do they largely contact unknowns? I mean, Betty and Barney Hill became world famous after the event, but we didn't know who they were before then. And you can say that with Denise Stoner or any of these other people, a guy named Doug that we had on the Paracast like 10 years ago with our first co-host, Sincere guy reported some really interesting information about what happened to him. And I had a long personal conversation later on. And I will tell you, Doug believes everything that happened to him. He is sincere. Something did happen that made an impact. But then again, we have all this stuff going on, E.T. making these alleged abductions, sometimes showing they don't really care about us because they kidnap us. If they're so nice about it, wouldn't they have a friendlier way. It's like some of the physical examinations aren't so friendly either. But again, it comes down again to this. If ET really wants to do something, they don't have to kidnap or abduct Mr. or Mrs. or Ms. Unknown. They have. They've, there's certainly a lot of cases within the military where high-level military people have allegedly been contacted. There's the whole Edwards Air Force thing with uh, Edwards Air Force Base and uh, Eisenhower, there's a lot of senators who've had sightings and governors and people within government, certainly. I know that there are some really famous people who claim to have seen UFOs. You know, John Lennon, a number of musicians. In one case I was involved in, two people who were involved in this encounter are very famous. 
they won't talk to me, but I know who they are. Um, one's a very famous film actress and another's a sitcom actress. Um, definitely you'd recognize their names. I think they're contacting people from all levels of society. I really do. Uh, but famous people pay a price coming forward. Well, but in terms of uh, John Lennon and May Pang, they saw it in New York. That's where John Lennon put that line about UFOs in New York City in the song Nobody Told Me. So it certainly was, had an impact. Of course, at those particular points of time, this was when they had that long weekend involving Lennon where he had split from Yoko Ono, but hung out with the woman that Yoko Ono hooked him up with. That was May Peng. Now, he wasn't contacted. They saw something in New York. They were witnesses. But who is the former guy with Van Halen, not David Lee Roth, but the guy who replaced him, who said he was abducted? What's his name again? I'm not sure. There's a lot of musicians I know who reported Connors. I'm not sure which guy you're talking about. But yeah, famous people for sure have encounters. Okay, Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar claims to have been abducted. Yeah, he's pretty famous. Tom DeLong, him too. Did he (laughs) say he was abducted, Tom DeLong? He just says that he knows everything about UFOs because he read every book out there. Of course, he'd have to read three words from each to do that, but who knows? (laughs) He was visited, he said. Yeah, I'm not sure if he was actually taken on board, but he said he was visited by an ET. Uh, Lord Mountbatten, right? This, I mean, this goes back a ways, but he claims that Silver Spaceship landed on his grounds in Romsey, Hampshire. Dennis Kucinich, he saw a UFO at, what's her name? Uh, Shirley McLean is his member of his family. Right, but yeah. Dennis Kucinich, when he said that, to show you how times have changed, that wrecked his presidential campaign. Whereas in 2016, <laughs> Hillary Clinton, facing a really, really wacky kind of campaign for reasons we can go into if we wanted to be political, she said she was interested in UFOs. She talked on all-night shows like Jimmy Fallon. And you know what? Nobody cared. Trump didn't say anything more except, here's crooked Hillary Nothing about UFOs. He could have said crazy Hillary because she's possibly believes in UFOs or UAPs, but he didn't. Hey, Preston, what you got coming up and where they can find more of what you do? I have a website. If you Google my name, it should take you there. Actual address is PrestonDennett.Weebly.com. Yeah, working on a new book where UFOs have over driving theaters. So I'm looking for new accounts about that. I'd like to also know what movies I want to see. We really need E.T. now because of the coronavirus. People aren't going to the movies anymore. In fact, they're streaming them to your house if you have a spare 20 bucks. You know. Again, where do we find you? PrestonDennett.Weebly.com. Very good, Preston. He's going to be back with more discussion and more of those case histories on After the Paracast for this week. And to get After the Paracast, you've got to be a subscriber to the Paracast Plus, you go to plus.theparacast.com or conversely, theparacast.plus. For information, we have a special discount which will last during this pandemic because a lot of people are at home and the money isn't as good as it used to be because they're being laid off. I think several million people have filed for unemployment claims and everything. So we're doing our best. We cut prices 40% more. We'll keep that in effect for a while, okay? Go to theparacast.plus to get more information. We also give you a version of the show free of the network ads. Better quality audio. All that comes with your Paracast Plus membership. 
You can find us on Facebook if you look for a couple of Paracast fan clubs, communities, whatever the heck they call it. We are known as the Paracast on Twitter. And we also have a place where you can buy branded merchandise. And Randall and I are going to talk about the pricing. Maybe we can give you a better deal on that, too. Go to the Paracast.shop. We have four different types of logos there. Whatever you like, you can get T-shirts and throw pillows and cups and saucers. No, I don't think saucers, but the cups at least. That's at the Paracast.shop. We always love to have Preston Denny here because he's got so many fascinating stories to tell. He's friendly. He's realistic about everything. It's fun to talk to. So he'll be back on After the Paracast. Meantime, Preston, thanks for joining us on the Paracast this week. Hey, always a pleasure. Thank you. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.